millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan, one hundred percent engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself, Simon and Danny Murphy discussed Arsenal's title credentials after their last gasps winner at Luton. Why doesn't the old adage of competition for places apply to Arsenal's goalkeepers? Eric Ten Hag insists he has not lost the dressing room as Manchester United banned four journalists from their press conferences. Are they trying to regain control of the narrative or is it an attack on the free press? And Manchester City have drawn their last three games conceding 10. Some pundits have accused them of complacency while Pep's predicting a fourth title win on the spin. We get into that and a whole lot more. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. I mentioned Arsenal. Uh, I mentioned uh, the result last night, 4-3. Uh, uh, they won against Luton. It takes them five points clear at the top. You begin to get a feeling, Danny, this could be the season. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, only because I remember last year when Reese Nelson got the last minute winner against Bournemouth, I think it was, and they come from behind. Uh, Jorginho got a last minute winner at Villa, and everyone started believing then. I mean, it shows resilience, and they've done it three times this season, I think, in injury time. That says a lot about them. They keep going till the end, etc. But no, I'm still, still in the city camp, and I still think Liverpool have got a great shout as well. But. It it is it is a good sign when you get over the line in a game where you don't play so well. Yeah, and I do think they're stronger than last year in terms of the squad, and they're better because they've got right Rice is better than what they had. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I still think they're heavily relying on uh, Saliba. But the the goalkeeping area though is that not a worry? Uh, we all know what's yeah, been going bit. on uh, in that area with Ramsdale and now Raya. Last minute goals, suspect goalkeeping though. Um, one wonders if this, if this is going to cost him in the longer term. Um, Raya was a man between the sticks last night. It wasn't good on uh, a couple of occasions regards his performance. This was Arteta on that. We have to defend better the situations as a team. There are th- certain things leading to, um, to the goals and, and it's not about blaming. We haven't never done it and we're not going to do it now. It's about how the team reacts to that because it's going to happen. And uh, I love that response. But he won't talk specifically about David Raya's performance last night. He won't talk specifically, he won't be drawn 
on, yeah, you had Ryan last night and not Ramsdale and look what happened there. He won't be drawn in that, Danny. No, because it, it, it's becoming consistent, a consistent theme and after a good win, he probably wants to just focus on the positives, which is fine. But it's becoming a consistent um, problem, I wouldn't be too it? worried about the, the, the Barkley goal. It was more the one where he got out-jumped. I thought that was a, that was a poor mistake. Um, the problem is for him is that both goalkeepers are looking edgy. And the, and the reason they're both looking edgy and underperforming to their... Because they're both really good goalkeepers. Make no doubt about that. They've got two really good quality goalkeepers. But the fact that the other one's there in the background and they are on an equal level seems to be rubbing off on each one when they play. Even when I saw Ramsdale at Brentford, he looked edgy and nervy. But, I mean, competition's ma- meant to make you play better. It does. to res- make you respond it better. It does. And this in did... any walk of life. I, absolutely. You know? I think that's a fair point. And I, and I think it does in every other position on the pitch. In my experience, the, yeah. the more comp- competition you had and the higher level it was, it pushes people. But in the goalkeeping area, there's a reason that clubs haven't, for many, many years, had two goalkeepers of a similar ilk because of what's happening here. PSG tried it briefly a year or two ago. I think they had uh, Navas and Donnarumma. Yeah. And it happened there. Right. And he was alter- uh, alternating them more regularly, but they were struggling. And I think that's why managers over a long period of time now have, have been reluctant to have two goalkeepers of equal ability. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it is a I mean, problem. Goalkeepers yeah. make mistakes, though, don't they? Let's of course they do. And I they mean, do. Look, they... look at all of the goalkeepers. I mean, Edison letting goals on the weekend that possibly people might have thought he could have done better with. Yeah. You know, you watched Alisson the other day. Yeah made a couple of mistakes. The problem is for Arsenal is they brought this focus upon themselves because of the ridiculous utterings from Arteta at the beginning of the season about the goalkeeper position. So the media have alighted upon it, which you would do, and all of a sudden, when a goalkeeper does well, the cameras flick to Ramsdale on the bench mm. to see what he's doing. Then Carragher goes off on some assertion that the goalkeeper shouldn't be celebrating and he should be a bit more mean-spirited about it. So he's brought the attention. I, I don't look at it as a particular conundrum or no. challenge for Arsenal. I don't think it's a defining moment in time I think both goalkeepers are very, very capable goal- goalkeepers. Yes. And yeah. all of the top sides, because of the manner and way football is being played now, because of the offensive nature of football, because of the goals that are being scored, because its way is set up, because teams are playing out from the back and asking goalkeepers to play in a different way, you are beginning to see a few cracks and a few challenges. The irony yeah. is the, yeah. the, the, the Luton equaliser from the, the header, which he should have done better with. Reyes, one of his main strengths, he's brilliant on crosses generally. So, so he's keep, made a mistake. Simon's right. You are going to make mistakes. And Ramsdale, if he plays the next 10, would make mistakes. Yeah. The problem is, is because of this narrative now that's been built, every time an Arsenal goalkeeper, whether it, which one ever, whoever it is, steps on the pitch, there's yeah. a, an over-analysis. That's right. There's Greg, an Arsenal fan. Jim, do you honestly expect Arteta to throw Riot under the bus after the team wins? This is Arteta's decision on his goalkeeper and he'll go out in his shield. Regards I mean, you could make the same argument. Dubravka last season for, for Newcastle at times, or the season before, was a very good goalkeeper. Yes. They brought Pope in. And we're not focusing on Dubravka sitting on the bench and Karius up there. We're focusing on Pope being injured and who's going to come in. All of a sudden, De Gea has to come in. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange position as a goalkeeper because... You, you can't keep these guys happy because they're not going to get minutes. One guy's going to be in, the other guy's going to be out, and they're not going to get minutes. That's right. A midfield player, a forward, he's going to get minutes whether he's on the bench or he's in the starting lineup. Isn't we had he? it for a while at Liverpool. We had Friedland James when I first got there, two really good goalkeepers. And then, of course, Kirkland, Kirkland and yeah. Jersey do that. And sure. Jersey ended up becoming the number one. 
Sammy, would you stand in the, Arteta specifically in game time? I mean, in the past you've called him a, a demented jack-in-the-box. Yeah, in context, um, yeah. He picked up his third yellow card of the season for over-celebrating. He'll be in the stands now as a result of that at Villa Park. I could not be seated in my seat, he says. It was pure emotion. If that's a yellow, that's a yellow. Um, where has a game got to when managers are penalised for, for, for over-celebrating? Um, well, I called him a demented jack and box in the context of saying <laughs> that that's what he does. He bounces around like Zebedee. But on the same side of the equation, I also said, but this is the personality that's engendered a completely different feel to the Arsenal team, mm. to the Arsenal fan base. You know, the accusations of Arsenal, even when they were playing well, was that there was a library that people went to sit in to watch Arsenal. And when I went to watch them last year, I've said it on a number of occasions, I mean, I know it's against Man City. I know it was their biggest rivals in the in the race for the Premier League title. But the atmosphere was... At, and it was generated by Arteta. So I'm in this camp of saying, oh, well, I'm OK. I, I, you know, if he wants to make him a fool of himself by jumping around like a demented lunatic like Conte used to do, to be honest then let him do it. Yeah. And if the consequences of it are that the, the rules are that an over-celebration is categorised by a referee as a potential yellow card, then they'll reap the whirlwind in the same way that players running around taking their shirts off after they scored a goal for no particular reason. I think in isolation, him celebrating a goal like that is not is, is not a bad thing. It wouldn't be frowned upon, even if he got a yellow. It's more the fact that Arteta has, a, a, lot, a lot of the times, been in the officials' bad books for remonstrating with the fourth official and, and arguing with the ref and... Uh, overstepping his mark and uh, what's that technical literally, area? Literally, yeah. Literally. So yeah, it's yeah. it's every on the pitch. it's all of that that's, yeah. that's caused us to focus yeah. on this yeah. yellow card of the celebration. But most most fans and most players don't don't mind a manager celebrating. The world's most dangerous download, outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. And we're all talking about this story about Manchester United banning four journalists. Under fire manager Ten Hag says he has the backing of his players, except maybe one or two, it says here in the Times. That's not me just saying it. It says here in the Times. Uh, Paul Hurst's article this morning, Manchester United banned four journalists from Eric Ten Hag's press conference yesterday, during which the manager defiantly insisted he had the backing of his squad. And this is the whole point. The, the journalists involved, who are now out until they're back in, have suggested that maybe he doesn't have the 100% backing of every member of his squad. Anyway, let's hear what Ten Hag did actually say when asked that. Oh, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, you, you can see, uh, um, for instance, the comeback against Brentford, <laughs> the Burnley game, the Fulham game. So every time uh, the team is there, uh, showed great character, uh, so great determination, resilient. So, yeah, we are together. And you can see you can't play such great football, what we did lately, if there is no unity. I listen always to my players. And I give them always the opportunities to tell. And if um, the players have a different opinion, of course I will listen. But they haven't told me. Or, yeah, maybe one or two. Uh, But it's about, so in general, uh, so the majority... They want to play like this, proactive, dynamic, uh, brave. That is what they want. And you can see the players are behind it because of the performances against Everton, Galatasaray. And uh, we are really approving. Ten Hag there saying, Simon, if the players have a different opinion, of course I will listen, but they haven't told me that, or maybe one or two have. But yeah. in general, the majority want to play like this, proactive, dynamic, brave. 
That is what they want. And again, it makes you think, well, are they all singing from the same hymn sheet? Are they all coming from the same page here? Are they all thinking his way, yeah, is our way? Well, Jim, let me take the Maybe question because I've played and it's a difficult one. To, but when, when, let me tell you now, whether yeah. you're winning or losing, there's always a group in the squad who aren't happy and whinging because that's what footballers do and I was one of them. You're never going to have a full squad on board and you go to your agent, you go to your mates and you go to whoever you're talking to and your journalist friend who you might know and built a relationship with over the years and you have a whinge to them. And then the results aren't good. And there's a couple of others who might win. The training's crap. He, why is he playing him out of him? He's got his favourites. He doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. And that's the way it goes. And these stories are just part of it, part of the job. Yeah. You can't have everyone on board. Now, ultimately, what you see on the pitch gives you everything you need to know about whether players are on board with what the manager's doing. Tactically, from a person, personable level, motivational, whatever. And not everyone's on board. Simple, it's obvious to see. They don't, and this they, could be the case. They here. can't beat the big teams because they've not got a team. They're individuals. Now, no, we you, don't. We we haven't checked with Manchester United. Well, that, that is but, a, but isn't on the, the flip side to that, to be fair to Ten Hag, he's had a great first season and, and exceeded expectation in many respects. So he's learning on the job. He's never managed at a club this size and a, a group of players like this before. Yeah. Now the one thing he said in his interview, which I did like, was when he said, "Every job he's been at and every year he's managed, he's hit his targets." And so far, you can't argue with that. Yeah. So we'll see how he does this season. Do I think he's the man to make United competitive again? No. I've said that on air and think Simon agrees. There's not enough of those players on board with what he's trying to do. I can see it on the pitch. I don't need somebody's agent or somebody's dad to tell me that and listen or read a journalist's article to, to confirm that. Now, if he thinks they are on board, he's watching a different team to me. Well, he's hardly going to go into a press conference. And just for the point of reference, when myself and Danny are writing columns, we're not making allegations about people. No. Right? We're making observations. These are allegations that are quite substantial about the nature of that football club and the, dis and the, and the disharmony that's in it. So there's a different dynamic that here. Maybe not everybody's on board. The allegations are that 50% of the dressing room is against the manager. And yeah. By the way, and you can like a manager and still not be on board with his football. And of course, in, in but the, the key question here, Simon, is why ban the outlets or the journalists representing the outlets? Who have suggested this as a kick up the bum? Because they've told why, you they've, they've told why you ban them, but they've told you the reasons why. Now, whether we agree with them or not, but it's I not. Get, it won't I, be a lifetime ban. No, of course, they'll be back in sooner course, or later. Of course, they so will. that, in my view, that makes the ban pretty well night ridiculous. Well, I think it's implicitly understood. Meaningless. Really. I think it's implicitly understood whether yeah. you agree or disagree that when someone makes an allegation about someone in most walks of life, that allegation is put to the person that you're making it against, and they get a right to respond. In this instance, it would appear. The Manchester United weren't given that right to respond. So that's their that's their objection. So as a result of that, Man United have said, right, you guys, you don't get to come in for a period of time. And if you do it again, we're going to have a bigger problem with you. You're going to come, it's going to last even longer. And I actually fundamentally agree with that. You don't believe that a journalist should go with the information that he or she has collated? I believe it's implicitly... When he or she believes I, that I, that I, information I, is correct? I believe it's implicitly understood in the industry, that's why you've had situations like Leveson and all the obligations around the PCC to make sure that journalists can stand up articles properly and be able to support them by giving people that they're making the allegations against the right of response. See, where you and I disagree is this. At no time should a football club shut down certain outlets of the media. Why? You don't have a God-given right to be in there. At no time why? should they do that. Why? Because it's the media's job. And it's, well, it depends. But it's it not their it's media's job. Yeah. It gets and, and these professional people who work... For those outlets, Sky Sports, The Mirror, ESPN and Manchester Evening News, 
will feel the information they what, got what, what was did, strong but, enough but, but, to go with but it. But again, I would I would suggest to you, and most people that Ten Hag and United but, didn't want it out there. But most Hence, people, this is the direction but, they've but gone. Most in. people that have been on the receiving end of journalism, rather than the journalists themselves, will tell you, as the law tells you itself, and as the governance around newspapers and media outlets suggests, that there is an implicit understanding that if you make an allegation against somebody, you give them a right to respond. It's hardly Otherwise, an allegation. It's hardly a personal allegation. I mean, a personal you're, you're, assassination. You're, you're, it's just. A, it's just. But you're, it's exactly. just a generic statement made by many managers. If you're on eight well, million pound we'll a year we'll, managing in the we'll, Premier League, we'll, you know what you sign up for. Well, then we'll Get see on it. with it. We'll see it more regularly. We'll see the Who cares? Well, clearly Manchester United do. Well, they shouldn't because it's a story that's that's been run a million times about a a million managers at a million clubs. You're on £8 million a year and you decide to be manager of Manchester United and you're concerned when someone writes an article saying some of the lads have gone in the dressing room. Hang on, who's who's saying that the manager's concerned? Well, somebody is because they must have spoken. The senior senior manager at Man United is suggesting that this is a story that they are uncomfortable that they won't give it a right to respond on to. They've added flames to the fuel. And they may well have done, but it doesn't alter the parameters of the fact that the press... Don't have they don't have a god given right I'm not to be there. They do because I've had they're, things written about me, you, so you, I'm going to hear. Pressed by consent. Sam, how often extent? do you see in the media? Just as we come up to eleven o'clock, how do, often do you see in a newspaper or in Talk Sport or in Sky Sports News? Did it umpteen times. The job is to collect accurate information, and in your view, if it's strong enough. You go with it. And it's football. Those it's not, four it's not, journalists, it's not, those four outlets have it's gone not with it. Not personal. Listening. You're not listening. You're, listen, you're, you're not understanding the parameters of what it's like to be on the other side of a debate and what that situation puts yourself in. You are It's a clear obligation upon the press to stand so stories So you say up. a band's the right way? No, I don't think it's an ideal way. But Shut what them do you, down. But what do you do when a, when a group of newspapers have done precisely what they want to do? The courtesy hasn't been extended. There's no difficulty. It depends in, on the story. Well, this is a significant story for Man United. It's, it's for well, you don't think it, ship rapper. But you don't think it is, right? You deny it. Okay, so you've you got... You deny it. So you've got... A, you've got a, hang on. You, hang on. You've got a publicly floated business whose share price gets altered. You've got a new a new potential investor coming into the business. You've got a football club that gets splashed across the newspapers dawn till dusk on every single subject matter. I think every now and again, if an allegation is made about you that your manager, the manager that alters your share price when they get fired, all of a sudden has lost the entire dressing room or a significant proportion of it, 50%. I think 50% is a significant portion. I think that there's every entitlement to be slightly irritated about it yeah slightly irritated maybe but not a ban surely ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. City have drawn their past three league games and conceded 10 in their past four games in all competitions. But then Pep comes out with this. My feeling today, we're going to win the Premier League. Today, if you ask me, we're going to win the Premier League. If we play in the level, so Liverpool and, and Tottenham, we are going to win it again. The people don't believe it already for three draws. But... Uh, yeah, we're going to do it again, knowing that it's not easy because no one, no team have done it yet. So, so that's why the difficulty is there. So it was last season, it was this season, but if you ask me today what you're feeling, we're going to do it again. I don't know about you, Danny, but when I, I hear that, I just think, well, well, that is pretty refreshing to hear. No, yeah, look, look, stats are stats. We're going to win this thing. Well, what he's talking about is the level of performance in those three games, which was outstanding some of their creative play and the amount of chances they made in those games and arguably should have won them all. So he, he's he's kind of right. Um, and, I, and I actually agree with him on... I know he, he mentioned... I think he mentioned Gary Neville and Cara and Micah and stuff about them talking about complacency. I don't see them complacent. I don't see that. Well, I, 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 actually, I, Danny, you've taken us nicely to that. We may as well hear what he said on that one. The word complacency was mentioned. Pep leapt on it. Not even him, not even Jamie Carter, of course, we did it once, but uh, Michael Richard, Richard and all that, and then no one for Premier Leagues in a row. So when that happened, never ever, no team in England. So when that's happened, it's because normally we have more chance to don't happen than happen. No? Because uh, travel, just one, no, the second team happened. It's so difficult to do again and again and again and again and again. Because we don't have, like other teams have, like, we never done it for many, 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 many years, you know. And and when you come to come back in certain moments, it's more difficult. But what am I feeling? It's so difficult to maintain the level from Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham. It's so difficult. If we are able to do it, we are going to win. But it's so difficult. I'm not sure we are going to be able to do it. But this is a target. This is a target to the players to maintain that level that we are playing. Do you know, Simon, you've got to congratulate Carragher, have you not? A little bit, yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> it he, was a good response. <laughs> he, he hears that and then says, I think I'd have probably won one title if Liverpool were owned by a nation state and pushed the rules so far that the Premier League charged us 115 times. He hasn't missed there, has he? No, hasn't backed down. Absolutely right. He's made his observations. Um, Guardiola's bitten and given his little bit of disdain. A little bit of contempt and other, on the people that are judging him. I don't. I don't see their argument, quite frankly. I don't know why they're throwing around the expression complacency, because I don't get the sense that Manchester City are complacent in anything that they do. No, the only thing and I don't think their manager would allow it. So I think it's a silly soundbite thrown out by by Mika Richards and Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. If that's what they've done, I don't see that argument. I'd like to see them stand it up, or because they've had three games that they've been competitive in, and the and teams have scored a few goals against them. That is detailing that they're complacent. I think that's a silly observation. I think Simon's spot on. I mean, all it needs for for someone like yourself to do, Danny, say to the lads, right, point to me where City have been complacent. 
Well, you could argue missing chances is sloppy and complaint. That's not complaint. It's not. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm playing. Is he? No, I'm playing devil's advocate. I, I agree with you. They can't stand it up. My, my, so he's right my, to call them out. My view on their, I mean, their levels of intensity is still there. I see it. Bam, they're at it always. You know, bam, 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 bam. And they are conceding a few more goals just this brief, this brief period in the season. For me, the reason behind that is they've consistently now, and a bit different than last season, they've been playing with this centre-half that comes into midfield. So whether it be John Stones or Akanji, and what it used to be the full-back, they've been playing this centre-half that goes in, leaves that space. So Diaz is on his own, Aki tucks in, and Kyle Walker tucks in a little bit to make a three. But it's... It's a constant theme in the games I'm seeing that the centre-half is more or less becoming a midfielder. It's been a Kanji recently, Stones before him. And when you play against high-level quality and pace, so if you look at the teams they've drawn against, conceded three Spurs, Son up top, pace. Brennan Johnson, pace. Liverpool drew the game. Liverpool got pace, exploited it. Chelsea, 4-4. Jackson, one of the quicker strikers. Sterling, flying in behind. If you constantly play like that on the front foot and try and dominate teams... But that's and win not complacency, them. is it? No. It's just a little... Ta- I just think they're a bit more open. Defensively, they were great last year. I think they're a bit more open because they're doing this more than I've ever seen them do it. I, it's, I, I totally why get what you think you're saying, is. Danny, but I'm with Simon completely. In no way would I ever use the word complacent when I'm talking about Manchester City. Even I wouldn't, and I never played the game. Well, anyone... You can, of course... Well, they, they can qualify it by saying the new style of play is so confident that they're going to be able to assert themselves over the opposition. They're prepared to take risks. It smacks of an element there of complacency. Yeah. But I bet they wouldn't say that. Well, they might, but the point, the point is... Well, no one's that, heard that. But complacency, normally, when you link it to a football team, when you're looking at the running yeah, stats, casual, uh, casual yeah, where yeah. giving the ball yeah. away, sloppy, they're not. They're actually hammering teams into the ground and not, not killing them off. The Tottenham could have been done by half-time. I mean, they recovered great, by the way, and, and, yeah. and, and deserve great credit for doing yeah, so. Yeah. But Liverpool could have been done. You know, they they were they were really good sitting the first half, and and then even the Chelsea game, City had loads of chances. So, I'm as, as I said at the top of the show, when we were talking about Arsenal. I'm still in the City camp. I don't want to. I, I hope they don't win it. I hope they think time changes because I'm sick of seeing them win it, and I want someone else to win it. Hopefully, Liverpool. But I I I don't see a let up. You got De Bruyne coming back soon. You got Stones coming back. <sighs> Haaland, he's gonna. He could argue. I mean, he's still a top goal scorer, isn't he? But mm. he's got more to come. It just feels like a bit of a low-rent comment. It's an easy go-to. Man City have drawn three games. OK, they've conceded two goals against young boys and come back and won 3-2, or whoever it was in the middle of the week that they played against. Yeah. Um, and it's, it feels like a formulaic comment designed to get a reaction and create uh, a, a, yeah. a dialogue. Because I don't think really that there's any justification. And I'd be fascinated to see if Jamie, Gary or Mika can stand up their observations about what they specifically mean by complacency. Guardiola attacks it quite reasonably initially by saying, maybe I'm wrong, which means by definition yeah. he's not. Yeah. But I know these players, there's nothing complacent about them. I don't feel watching Manchester City, watching Guardiola, watching their intentions no, in every not, aspect of their life and defending themselves against 115 charges yeah. and going after records on a week-by-week basis. To be fair to the, the lads. complacency in their dialogue. To be no fair way. to the lads, I, I think when you're trying to find little chinks and reasons why City have drew three games, which is mad, isn't it? Look at the opposition. I, well, yeah, but I, oh, I also think sometimes you're struggling for things. Yeah. So but actually, I mean, complacency I mean, is an easy place to but go. I mean, but ultimately, they're the same people would suggest that the last thing they want is a monopoly. So then why don't you land at the door of other teams that are beginning to understand how to play against Man City and, and make out. that the focus point? Exactly. I would never accuse City of being complacent at any time, unless I check with the club first, of course. Uh, Aston Villa, though, if they get a win tonight, <laughs> they can leapfrog City. And John McGinn just recently was talking to me about Villa and top four in the same breath. 
uncharted territory. Um, but like I said, there's there's huge experience in and around us that used to be in those positions. We aren't. So we aren't used to it. It's my job to try and keep a lid on things. We've got some big games coming up. We need to respect everyone. And if we if we stay in the mix towards after Christmas, then you never know. Danny, the, the, the big question about Villa is, can they sustain this? So can they? I mean, who's to say that Emery doesn't get reinforcements in the window in January? But as things are going at the moment, can they sustain this challenge? Will they be top four when it's all said and done? I think they might just fall away a little bit. Their home form has been incredible. And I just don't... You can't keep winning games. It, they, there's got to be a little dip at home. I think they'll pick up away, actually. Their away form's not been great, and they're capable of more away from home. And um, They've got some really talented players. And what they're doing is incredible. But to sustain it with the... And you've got to remember who they're up against. You know, yeah, you've, you've, yeah. you've got juggernauts they're up against who are very, very... Um, experienced and, and, and huge squads. Villa are building a squad, mm. strength and depth. They're better this season than last season and he's doing a wonderful job but to actually get top four, if I was a betting man, I'd say no. Outside City, Arsenal and Liverpool though, who are the juggernauts? Well, Chelsea have spent a billion. They're going to come They're going to come strong second half of the yeah, season. Yeah, but on, on the pitch, I mean... Newcastle. I mean, a fully fit Newcastle with their squad. Yeah, I take that. I take that. I mean, this would be 14 consecutive home wins. Oh, mate, it's incredible. And the, and, the, and the other thing is with Villa, and funnily enough on the day I spoke to him again they'd just beaten Tottenham the other thing on with, the road yeah the other thing with Villa as well is good to watch and we were yeah. talking earlier about work ethic of Luton Villa have got it you yeah. know you're playing for the manager together yeah. you don't watch Villa and no. think there's a few of them not on board do you know what Simon I think Villa are round and about where Aston Villa should be mm. because I'm with you on the the, 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 the stature of the ago. club, though. Yeah, they've not been great away. The but Aston Villa's a giant, isn't it? This it's is a, the territory they should a, be no, in. It's a big football club. Yeah. It's one I have a great deal of affection for. I was always very, very fond, fond of Doug Ellis. Um, and I always admired Aston Villa. I admired them from when they won the European Cup in 81, I think it was. You know, And I admire the club and its size and scale. Um, and this new ownership, um, Randy Lerner, with a period of time with Martin... O'Neill, as we've heard described, had an ambition and aspiration and Martin delivered him outcomes. But the next step was beyond him and I think he fell out of love with it. Tony Jai, well, we don't know where that money was originating from in the first place, but these two guys understand the sports industry, understand the sports business, got clear ambitions and they've got the finances to be able to achieve it. And Unai Emery has uh, regenerated from the, 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 the sort of sallow figure that left Arsenal to a manager that we all thought he was in the first place which is very capable yeah. I don't see honestly Aston Villa being inside the top four I don't see that at the end of the season do you see Newcastle being there? Mm, I think it's it's an ask if Emery gets him in the top four he's manager of the season yeah I don't oh, doubt there you that go. there you go 100% I, I think there's a lot I mean I've written an article tomorrow and done the research and spoken to people about it before I wrote it, <laughs> and check it. Um, about check it Eddie Howe and, right. and everything about Newcastle at this moment in time is to be admired right put aside the ownership you check and it you, with Eddie I didn't need to it was complimentary oh. Oh, people right. don't tend to get upset you're by those write, you're just writing what I've told you in the past few months Yeah. I'm just writing what my eyes in front of my eyes mm. quite know? right I never miss your column download stand well back listen outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review. Wherever you get your podcast from, we'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show.